Welcome to the Nodcast. It's grand final week in a number of ways. Very unusual to be still going this late in the year as the AFL grand final approaches, but we have a grand final of our own this week, and that's, of course, the Rezies. So uh, welcome, everyone. Uh, I'm uh, I'm Steve Mann, as always, joined by Jake Charman and Rob Mann. And uh, as I said, late September, we're still going, boys. Feels like this, yeah. this season is stretched out for a very long time. Pretty exciting. Um Great to see the the reserves guys in the big dance. Well deserved after a massive season and great effort to um keep the body going this long. Um, so really excited to go watch them out at Sandy on Friday, which is strange in itself. Is that yeah, why you decide to play? Oh, sorry, sorry, Steve. I, I was just going to say, Rob, is that why you decide to play ones this year and not twos because you couldn't last this long? <laughs> yeah, that that in the the last sixteen years of playing in the ones probably was the other was the other factor. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I could have made it. It would have been a tough test to get it to, to the last Friday in September. So uh, maybe a blessing in disguise. We got scuttled out in the first round of the finals, but we'll get to that later. So we'll, I'll introduce our guests in a second. But for how many games is that now? That have, like if you're a Resi's player, you've obviously played three finals. How many games have you played for the year? Twenty-three. Yeah. Oh no, they got. But there was a couple of forfeits, wasn't there? Oh, so maybe. Oh, there was a forfeit. Maybe, maybe twenty-one. It's a long year. It's a long year. Well, anyway, on, on before we lose him to old age, I may as well introduce our guest then, given how long the year's been. We're joined by um, one of the well, the two stalwarts of recent years, Lockie McKenna. Welcome to the Nodcast, Lockie. Thanks for having me, guys. I've uh, I've seen all my housemates get an invite to the Nodcast, and I'm finally excited to. Uh, <laughs> Get off us. So each time they've logged on, we've um we've sort of seen you in the, the over their shoulder in the corner, just sort of keeping an eye on things. So we thought we don't want to keep him left out for too long. Yeah, I thought I'd have a few things to add, and uh yeah, finally got my chance. So it's always good being last because you get to basically hear what everyone else has to say, and then you get to criticize with impunity because no one's got any chance for a response. So looking forward to to that. How are you how are you feeling about the big the big game tomorrow? Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, obviously, I went through the year pretty comfortably up until the last uh, second last round. Um, like we we always knew that we, the old John was going to be a challenge. So yeah, we're just all looking forward to it. We know what we need to do to sort of try and win the game. So hopefully we can play our game and go from there. So we'll see how we go tomorrow. And you've got the, we were asking you this off air before, but you've got the Thursday morning grand final week training session a bit later this morning. Is that right? Yes. Just um, Sean just messing, doing a bit of Malcolm Blight style stuff, just messing with the pregame routine, try and change things up a bit. Yeah, we, we wanted to get at least two training sessions in. So rather than doing Monday night after a pretty tough game on Saturday, nice and wet, windy down at Sandy, uh, we just decided we'd do a sort of bigger session Tuesday and then uh, just like sort of handballing and kicking this morning for half an hour or so and just get get the legs ticked over. Did the captain's run? Are we expecting a big crowd out at Central? Uh, I think they've sold about 100,000 tickets. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
That'd be good, especially um, being a public holiday. I think, you know, people might be able to find the time to get down there to watch the, the troops train for the final time. Yeah, I've heard uh, Ben Riley's been messing in a few people trying to get some photographers down and stuff, but uh, that's just rumour. <laughs> now, now, Lockie, we love our conspiracy theories on the, the podcast. Um, was it, do you think it's a bit suspicious you guys making the grand final, you want to do your training session a little bit earlier on the Thursday and the Queen sort of dies in that same time period? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think the way that we like to mourn is just having a kick in the footy. So that's, uh, that's what we've decided to go with. <laughs> the, it's actually quite interesting because the Friday grand final, it's quite unusual in itself. Um, something that was put on the agenda, you know, probably a couple of months ago when um, it looked like the, the reserves would make the grand final. But if, yeah, you're right. If the, if it hadn't been a public or a day of mourning today, it would have had to go on the night session into the early morning Friday game. That wouldn't have been ideal at all. So quite, quite um, beneficial for your preparation anyway. Yeah. Surely, uh, surely you don't. You just go one session that week, right? Surely. Yeah, it would be very different if we didn't have the public public holiday today. Uh, probably would have done maybe the lighter session on the Wednesday and just the big session Tuesday or something. So, I reckon, I reckon this is the closest you ever feel to a, an AFL player getting to train at about eleven a.m. You know, in the sunlight, um, you roll in with the coffee in hand and the the big sunnies on. There's nothing better. Um, we've done a couple of times on Anzac Day, um, that Tuesday session in the morning, and yeah, cl- closest to the real deal I reckon you ever get. Yeah, looking outside, it's looking to be pretty sunny, so might need to chuck the sunglasses on for the training. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's um, the, the weather's looking like it's going to do you some favours, so we should have a beautiful day tomorrow out at Trevor Barker Oval, Sandringham, eleven forty-five kickoff, I believe it is. So. Yep. I'm sure we'll get a big Mazinod crowd down there for the last of what has been a very successful year of Mazinod sides making grand finals. So hopefully we can finish it on the right note. Um, fair to say, though, we go in as very, very big underdogs after the second semi. Do you want to talk us through the final series to date? Lock yeah. Um, so, yeah, first, uh, well, second semi, uh, first week of finals, uh, Old Geelong gave us a bit of a touch-up by about 100 points. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, we sort of just let them play their game style. Um, didn't really, didn't really run with them, and that's where they got us. They did kick quite a few goals in the last quarter when we all sort of put our heads down. Um, so yeah, we we'll, like we've been training a bit on that. So hopefully we can change that up this week and play our game style more. You beat them uh, then, in round two, lucky. What was that? You beat them in round two or round? Yeah, we beat them in round two by, I think it was about eight goals. Um, but since then, their, their team had changed quite a bit. So yeah. uh, they obviously had a few injuries and stuff earlier in the year or a few people still undecided as to whether they wanted to play that 22-game season like we all had to. Um, so, yeah, that, they did change quite a bit from then. Um, but... Yeah, we, our team, it's been very strong all year. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we can have the same result as that round two game. Uh, and then, yeah, last week played Old Ivanhoe out at Sandy again. Um, yeah, 
it was a wet, windy day down there, breeze pushing one end and uh, yeah, not not too much running carry in the first half. Very it was early, wasn't it? Like yeah, I, it was, I was down there and it was pretty tight for the first half. First half, I think it was four goals to two. Um, us up at half time, and then second half, we just came out, put put our foot down, and I think it was about eight eight or nine goals in the end. So it was a good good result. Uh, obviously, got us through the granny, so everyone was up and about. Yeah, great effort. And how many you played in many grand finals in your time? Um, I have only played in three. They've all been at Mazenod, so two under nineteens. Uh, sorry, two. I've only played in two. This will be my third. So two in the under nineteens. Um, had one win in twenty seventeen, and then lost the next year in twenty eighteen. Uh, and then yeah, this will be my third. So hopefully we can make it two and one. Yeah, that'd be good. And is it Josh, your brother? Did he have a? Did he want a fair few junior flags? Yeah, I think Josh went five in a row. So he won four, four at Beaconsfield, and then jumped ship to Berwick and won his under seventeen there. So I think he went from under thirteens to under seventeens, winning every and premiership. Then, and then and then played in the grand final at Mazenod in like, yeah, rating. Yeah, so he, he won five in a row, but played in six, I, I think it was. So he's, he's had his fair share of uh, premiership glory. I'm so. sure he'll be. I'm sure he'll be leading the troops tomorrow and making sure everyone knows how to go about it on grand final day. It definitely how's, is. How's winning four flags in a row and then changing clubs? Just like, uh, sorry, guys, just not really doing it for me. I want to go chase success. Uh, no, when he was playing at Beaky, he was playing with a, uh, I think it was a couple of blokes that got drafted. So they all they all left to go play uh, like Danny Stingrays and stuff and couldn't play on the Sunday. So he decided to go play with his mates who were the second best team in the competition the year before. <laughs> and because oh. Beaconsfield lost all their players, they uh, won the premiership. So That's very strategic. Well, given he's, he's that, you know, sort of, you know, happy to sort of jump the fence and just go wherever the wind's blowing. The fact that he's in your team so it sends a good message that like, he hasn't got. He's definitely not lining up for old No, he has got got a few messages from them saying, "Do you want to come over?" But he's uh, holding strong, so that's good to hear. Yeah, it means he's got yeah. some confidence. I like it. Um, what's the key to 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 getting turning the result around from two weeks ago tomorrow? What are you going to do differently? Uh, like, well, the main things which like we identified was just running with our men. We sort of just let them do what they want. Um, just being real physical around the contest and just um, like running both ways, which is obviously is very basic football. So it's very easy to change for us. So hopefully we can do it tomorrow and get a win. It's pretty. Um, we, we talked about this at the second semi game. Actually, in the crowd chatting to a few people and. It's pretty difficult in some of these divisions where there's a couple of really good teams and then a big, big gap because you sort of spend the whole year just dominating sides. You don't really learn a lot of good habits. It'd be the same for old Geelong as well. Like when you win by 100 points every week, you don't have to do as much of the defensive running. You don't have to sort of worry too much around setups and things like that. Get to finals and it's sort of, you know, you're not quite maybe as finely tuned as you would be in a bit of a more competitive year. Did you get that sense this year? Yeah, definitely. Uh, like besides 
probably Old Geelong, us, and Ivanhoe. The rest of the competition is pretty average, uh, and even Ivanhoe weren't too flashy. Um, but they like yeah, when you're playing teams and you're winning by about 150 points each week, uh, there's definitely lapses in your concentration, especially as a defender. Uh, you sort of you you trust that the, one of the other six guys are going to win it, and you don't really have to do too much work. So uh, there's yeah. definitely a uh, and let's just say, as a defender this year, did you um, like? Would you sort of bring a Sudoku out on the field with you, or a crossword, just like something just to sort of bide the time when you're standing down there in the back line and not much is going on? Yeah, I, I got more into the yoga on the Monday night, so I sort of carried that into the Saturdays and started doing yoga out there on the field. So <laughs> just potatoes. Did um, you've played a bit of reserves footy over the years now? Do you feel that there was a drop off? compared to other years in the standard across the competition? Or do you think Mazenod and Old Geelong were just a, a step above clubs in previous years? I think we just got a lot better this year. Like Old Geelong last year, round one, I think they did us by like 10 goals or something. Um, like that, They were a very good side last year in their reserves as well. I think we just... Like with the 19s that came up, uh, like Shells and uh, Jordy McDonald when he was playing and stuff, like they they sort of strengthened the team. Um, yeah, we just got got better all around. So I think that's that's the main difference from last year. And one of the beauties of reserves footy too is it's 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 a lot easier to go back to back or have you know successful seasons year on year because you're not dictated to promotion like. Um, the seniors are so the fact that the seniors have stayed down, um, and we're going to be in C grade again next year. Is this the start of a, a bit of a dynasty, you reckon, in the reserves? Yeah, I reckon. I reckon we should purposely knock the seniors out in the prelim each year just so we, <laughs> the can, we can probably win the next 10. I reckon, <laughs> well, it, yeah, it is. I mean, not, not to think ahead, but you raise a good point because obviously Old Geelong have made the C section grand final, so they'll go up. Um, so you'll sort of look to next year and you've already got a, um, yeah, sort of a different mix. But I think the thing with reserves is it's always been, and having played a lot of reserves over the years, it's it's so variable year to year because it's just a reflection of the depth you've got at the club. It's like it's influenced wildly by, like you lose a few players from your seniors, it makes a difference to your seniors, but it then smashes your reserves around with just topping up and that. So can swing a lot year to year, you Never want to take it too for granted, but you think we're in a pretty strong position given, you know, a lot of youth and then we've got another wave of 19s who obviously made a grand final as well this year to come through. Absolutely. And yeah. I think also yeah, too that I was just going to say, yeah. I think too that Kerry who are coming down, there's only one team coming down next year um, and they're historically not a super strong reserve side. They usually top up with some top-end talent, but their reserves aren't usually super strong. So, yeah, it's the uh, the field's wide open for a bit of a dynasty for the reserves, which is starts tomorrow, and then we're about next year then, I suppose. Uh, definitely, especially with like the nine ends who will be coming through next year. Who hopefully the reserves won't be seen too much of, and they'll be playing more of the ones. Uh, like your your boy Lockie Stewart, uh, Amy McKenzie, uh, Harry Boxall. Uh, Hayden boys like you, the talent that that 19s team has which will be coming up next year will be uh, very very good for the ones and twos so yeah even the even the three Steve 
Yeah, yeah, talk about dynasties. We're um, <laughs> we're already we're preseason's begun for us already. We're 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 kind of gearing up for the big end of year celebration on the first of October, and then obviously it's presentation night. So we're in. We're we're, we're talking twenty twenty three flags already. We're we're exciting place to be. And the fourth, sir, you know, like half those guys haven't played footy before. How good they're going to be next year with all the top ups we're going to get across the club. It's, it's a good place to be. Lockie, if, um, not if, when, when we knock them off by four goals and they're reading out the name for the best on ground, who's going to win it? Who's going to be the match winner from Mazenod that that carries us over the line? I, I reckon Phil, Phil Illich will probably be the biggest yeah. game changer for us. He's a bull in the midfield. He can get forward and kick goals. So I reckon he, he might... Kick a couple, and if yeah, if, if when, when we win, I reckon they'll uh, say his name. So, 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 for, so for the for you know the listeners who are listening to this as they're driving down to Trevor Barker and they haven't watched a lot of reserves football this year, what well, how would you describe Phil as a like if you had to compare him to like a an AFL player? What sort of what sort of mold is he in? Like a, a Josh Kennedy type, yeah, sort of big well, inside well, mid. I think if you talk to him, he says he's basically Paddy Cripps. So <laughs> I think uh, if you if you see Paddy Cripps running around out there, you, you've got Phil. So it'd be, it, it, speaking, it's interesting you use the word mold because if you did make a mold of him, you'd have to lose use a lot more of the materials in the bottom half, wouldn't you? Because very big legs, big tr- tree trunk. He's like one of the wacky, waving, inflatable tube men. He's more like a centaur, you know, those human, yeah, yeah. human, <laughs> human park, torso, horse leg type um, from the line, the witch and the wardrobe, I reckon. <laughs> what's, that, what's, that name? what's his name, Mr. Something? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't yeah. say that name. It sounds a bit dodgy. Here we go. The... Um, the the forward line, you're gonna to have to kick a score. They're obviously a bit of a, a bit of a Mr. high scoring Thomas, team, I think, is justified by their percentage of four hundred or something at the end of the year. Yeah. Um who what what's like obviously we've we talked about it before on the Nodcast, but there's been a really big spread across the year in terms of who's kicked the goal. So you kind of go on to the considering how many goals we've kicked and a lot of big wins, there's not actually anyone that's come out and kicked fifty for the year. It's like a lot of 20s and 30s and, you know, a lot of contributors. Um, what, what what do you see as the avenue to goal for us tomorrow? Uh, I, I reckon having uh, Chris Campbell in the team this week will be a very big difference. Uh, he can, he's obviously very very nimble on his feet, but he can also crush a pack and take take a mark above, above about 10 people. So uh, I, th- I think he'll, he'll be a very good target for us going forward. But then... Uh, you saw if if you were at the game last week, you would have seen uh, the likes of Franny Pleski and uh, Aiden Noon getting out the back and uh, and or crumbing the uh, the front of the pack and kicking a few goals. So uh, I reckon they're they're the ones to uh, look for this week. Did 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 Franny play in the second semi? Fra- was that Franny? Yeah, Franny. Did he play uh, the second semi? Or was he coming back from injury? Nah, he didn't play in the second semi against Old Geelong. Um, he was just rest. Uh, he wasn't resting. He was uh, coming back from a uh, hamstring injury. So okay, so that that means that that board half is looking very different. Like 
you know, obviously yeah, Aiden, neither, neither did Aiden as well. So yeah, so um, that's three sort of power forwards that you've got yeah. in that forward half bit of two weapons, and obviously yeah. dashing half back flank as well. Rob, also be happy that you've referred to him as a power forward. <laughs> yeah, no, he's uh, Nuns has had a big year. He's he's done well in the the B and F count so far too, from what I'm hearing. I've heard a lot about it actually. <laughs> Even um, even Frankie would be happy that you've referred the word power to his name because <laughs> he looked you... very he looked, he looked like he's come back um, very healthy from that that injury that he had a few weeks ago. He was moving well in the in the wet last week, um, yeah. so now it looks dangerous that forward line. When you get it in quick, it's just I feel it's really about that midfield battle. If we get enough forward half footy, it felt like in the second um, semi that the ball was coming in deep. Uh, to our back line and we were just sort of left exposed a little bit. We couldn't get enough territory. So, you know, if you're right, if um, Paddy Cripps and um, his 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 teammates in there do the job, we might be right. Yeah, I think I think you're right with like even looking at last week's Rezies game, like we actually scored a fair few goals over the back. Um, you know, getting those one-on-one contests and then it just favors like our four line so much. But I think that probably like reflects even like the AFL season. Um, if you can get it in like deep one on one, then you're gonna have massive chances. So um, yeah, hopefully we can we can do that tomorrow. I think too. Yeah. Um, you know, we having the thirds have sort of set a bit of a template how to play um, Trevor Barker Oval <laughs> with the Sortner end being um, being potential to score quickly. So something to keep in the back of mind the uh, the miracle on grass. From a couple of weeks ago, if if you're going to uh, if if you wanted any research, the fact that we played a game that went for about five hours should have given you plenty to look at, plenty of tape to to filter through to try and get your head around how the ground works. So, um, the 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 other one from a from a I guess midfield perspective, or just I guess more generally across the team, but obviously Aiden Brand Oliver, very good twos player over the last couple of years. I'm sure he's. He's uh he's got a big role to contribute, and then there's obviously a couple of whales just sort of swimming around <laughs> across the field that that I'm sure that they're, they're using their size will um will will hopefully create some headaches for old Geelong. Um, any anyone we mentioned Josh, your brother earlier, um, and obviously Benny Riley, who you know very polished player who on his day can kind of turn it on. Anyone that you're sort of you just you know, you, you just is is going to be a smoky appear from nowhere and just sort of, you know, is it is it cheesy? Is it is it ricey? Like, does he suddenly just come in and go bang? Like, what's what 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 what's the who, who's the one that for the fans going down there tomorrow? You know, anyone that's seen the B and F count kind of knows there's some big names, but who's the smoky who's just gonna who's gonna turn it on Grand Final Day? The uh, the Timmy Houston I, equivalent, maybe. Let's I, put I, it. <laughs> I reckon. That- the smoky for me will probably be uh, one of one of my fellow backmen, uh, Lockie Boyle. Uh, oh, yeah. Obviously, uh, tall tall defender. Um, he'll he play big, he'll play small, and he'll do his role. So I reckon he he might be a bit of a smoky for that. Uh, bit, bit, bit of a Dylan Grimes about him, I reckon. He sort of can play on all types. Yeah. Gets there, throws his body around for a light light build. Lucky, what about um, LBR, Little Ben Riley? <laughs> yeah, ben, Benny's had a very good season so far. I think he's leading our BNF count at the moment. So, 
there is def- definitely a good chance as well, depending on where they play him. If they play him up forward or on, out on the wing or in the midfield, he's a bit of utility, so he can go anywhere, which will probably help his case as well. So. He's not, he's not really that little anymore, is he? I think he hasn't really wanted to tell anyone, but he's actually been going to the gym at lunchtime during work. Apparently, they've been paying for a personal trainer and he's been utilising that a little bit. So, um, it's good to see. Yeah, he's he's definitely definitely him and and the have recently moved in together, haven't they? Yeah, we went there on the weekend to uh, see the, the new place and I don't think there was one room which didn't have a set of weights in it. So, uh, they can, they're obviously uh, helping each other out in that regard. I reckon a fair bit of uh, protein powder as well flying around this late in the year. Definitely. Well, it's uh, it's it should be exciting, as we said before. Um, Trevor Barker Oval tomorrow at 11.45. So uh, we'll all be down there to uh, hopefully see a one of the more famous victories, particularly given the uh, the result from the second set. To me, there's nothing better than coming in as the underdog and just being able to turn the tables and, you know, We'll make a movie about it one day. So obviously, it's been front row to see that. The sixteen dollar um, entry charge. Do you think there'll be a surcharge for public holiday rates tomorrow? That's, <laughs> that's a question. That, it's a question that's been coming up quite a bit. There was, um, there was. Uh, my bigger concern would be when we played our grand final. The guys working the gates down there had clearly just come straight from a night out. Like they, they're wearing the clothes they wore the night before. There was like scuffs on the white shoes from the dance floor sort of stuff. I'm concerned with a back-to-back public holidays into grand final day. Just no, none of the staff will turn up. It might be free entry because the gates will just be unmanned. It's great that they finally evolved to having um, FPOS facilities this season. It used to be the worst when you're trying to get into a final and, you know, it's already started. You're, you're scrambling. You don't have any cash on you and you have to run across the street. But there was talking to a few people um, last weekend. They were saying that they've spent probably more money on entries to finals than they have on subs this year because how successful <laughs> Mazinot's been. We've had that many finals as out of Trevor Barker. It's almost become a second home for the club. I think, um, yeah, like in terms of spending money, I've, I've been trying to save a bit on the entry fees, Rob. And like last or two weeks ago, I... Uh, I'd said I was concession and um, got away with not showing the card, but they they sort of switched on last week. And the little fourteen year old kid he demanded the concession, and I'm like, oh, sorry, mate, just put me through as adult then. <laughs> Obviously, the uh, the the people working at the door at the VAFO would be avid listeners of the Nodcast, so you've just given yourself no chance of getting in with concession tomorrow. I reckon, Jake. Um, I was, I think you're right though, Rob. With the with obviously nine teams all making finals, a lot of them at Trevor Barker this year. Hopefully, we'll be in a similar position next year. Might well be just cheaper to buy an apartment across the street and just watch it from your balcony than to have to yeah. pay all the entry fees next year. So anyone out there, maybe get in touch with Open Corp, see if they can help you out just trying to set up a little investment loan or something. Get your, get, it'd be a good financial move, I reckon. Absolutely. Like I I there's a market for that too because I, I know some people that have owned apartments in the Glenway uh, – sorry, the – Waverley Park precinct and clubs sort of hire out that space to spy on Hawthorne football clubs. So, you know, something, there could be some money in that for if you've got a ground or apartment close to Trevor Barker, VFL clubs could hire out for the closed training sessions. But then when it comes to back for finals, plenty of opportunity for subletting. It's, a, it's, it's, it's not a bad call. And actually, literally, as you said that, um, I'm just going to out it because it's come through. 
one of the one of the good Mazenod families who lives there, the Ben Woods and uh, and his lovely wife Hannah, one of the Waverley Park um, Harries. He has Mayor just sent me Park. through. Not 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 super relevant to the Nodcast. He has just sent me through one of the worst trade offers in our dynasty. Uh, sorry, our NFL fantasy league. I've ever seen. It's the most insulting thing I've ever seen. So Woodsy, if you're listening, that's getting absolutely rejected. And also, maybe you can make a bit of money on the side renting your place out to. Some Hawthorne's ben Woods, he's sort of been the, the spiritual leader of the reserves for a good 10 years. And interesting, his first year out of the, the team, they've uh, risen up the ladder to a grand final. So that maybe it's a talking point at another point in time. No, I don't think there's much coincidence in that. <laughs> with, 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 with Woods, he did play this year. Actually. He played one game with us as well. So he's still around. I think he's back next year. They obviously had their second child this year. So... We might see might see two woodses back, or, or I don't know what multiple woodses, a forest or something, back next year at the club. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's let's move along. Um, the obviously since we last had a nodcast, we we've had a couple of uh, the, the conclusion of a couple of seasons. So maybe we start with the nineteen. So obviously made the grand final, had a really really good year after a bit of a slow start, really built into the year well, and um, obviously a, a Couple of really great finals wins made the way to the grand final. Came up against a absolutely raging St. Bede's team, which which I think had been a team to beat all year, and we couldn't quite get the job done. But really good year for them. Um, you guys all saw the nineteens game as well. What did you what did you take out of that and the year? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, the the nineteens like they were expecting to you know face tough opposition. Obviously, St. Bede's they. You know, been smashing everyone all year, and I think in their most recent um, game, they I think they lost by about maybe forty points. But they knew St. Bede's had been missing a few real quality players that were going to be playing the grand final, and um, that definitely showed. Um, unfortunately, he sort of got beaten by about I think it was like eighty points or something. And one of the St. Bede's players who came back, um, he actually nominated for the rookie draft last year and just missed out, I think. Um, I think he's going to do the same at the end of this year and it wouldn't surprise me to see him maybe get picked up. And he, um, yeah, unfortunately tore the game apart. He had eight goals by half time and 10 for the match and it was, you know, a pretty dominant display there. But I thought overall, like, our boys did really well in patches. Um, like, we sort of, especially after half time, we really stemmed the tide. Like, that was sort of 10 goals up or maybe 11 goals at half time, but then you know St. B's didn't really you know kick away after that which was great to see us show a bit of fight um and you know the the usuals for us played really well I think you know our Lockie Stewart um Eamon Sullivan Jimmy Little um and then our oh I said Eamon Sullivan again <laughs> Eamon McKenzie sorry um, a bit of an inside joke from last week, but we'll let that keep going. Um, and then, uh, yeah, like our, our defenders, you know, they, they had a tough day of it, but they, they did pretty well. And it was good to see, you know, the St. Bede's um, dads behind the goals, you know, show a lot of sportsmanship by encouraging them um, as the game went on. But a um, little drive by there for St. Bede's, you know. Uh, <laughs> we'll let, let that slide. What wasn't, wasn't the most... Um positive environment down in the St. Bede's forward line with the crowd down there? Uh, they need to have, I think, maybe a sportsmanship session with the buffer on how to behave properly, but that's all good. <laughs> but um, yeah. no, it was, it, was, 
Yeah, keep going. Sorry, Rob. I was just, just going to say that it lacked a little bit of uh, humility and humour as well, which we appreciate from our mobs. Yeah, the humour like, good mob is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. A, a good mob has nuance. It has yeah. depth. It has you know a little bit of humour, not not just sort of all out abuse, particularly no. in the 19s level. So absolutely, um, oh, we can learn. You know, m- might be good on the field, but you've got to. Uh, you, you, there's a bit of work to do in the mob area. That's fine. And I think too, Jake, just to jump in for a second, um, something quite uh, significant too is the fact that, uh, and we'll get to the seniors in a moment, but the Andrew Kovac, uh, Jack Caspers and Jordan McDonald, who all could put play under 19s, played seniors uh, finals this year, which, you know, it just goes to show sort of how much talent there is in the under 19s and that they were sort of, um, they had such an amazing season, but you know, on a grand final day when St. Beza had the, the fortune to drop guys back, um, you know, we probably lacked that just that little bit of talent that St. Beza had. But as far as a cohort of players coming through the club, we're you know, we're, we're stacked for the future, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, like, and you know, those three names, like, if they were actually playing on that grand final day, like, things could be significantly different for Bassnod, I think. Like, Especially, you know, Jack Caspers, he could have been, you know, your Gary Ablett, the, um, you know, Dunst. Wait, who, who did Gary Ablett, the, like, you know, that? Oh, Brereton and Ablett final. in the grand final. Who was it? Eight and nine. Brereton and Ablett, eight and nine. Yeah, Bre- yeah, that grand final. Sorry, you know what I'm referring to. Yep. Sorry, that's a bit out of my age range, Steve. A bit more yours. Sorry. But... Maybe you're going, or bring it forward 10 years. Maybe it was five years. Maybe it was Salmon and Ablett. Is that the one you're referring yeah. to? No, that was in the grand final. Um, <laughs> a lot of goals Good that analogy. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Jack, no, you're right. It, 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 uh, it, it's that, that's always the, uh, the 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 challenge of under 19. So as you as you say, we're you know. In, but also, if we results. take the lens back just a little bit more too, like how successful our 19s teams have been over the last few years. Like they they you know they they won the minor premiership in 2021, uh, 2019 they made a prelim, 2018 made a grand final. Uh, so 2017, you won a grand final, Lockie. Um, and then, then there was some, um, there was a few years where they made, they lost a couple of close ones in the, in the sort of the mid, um, part of that decade. So, you know, I think we've been pretty fortunate over the years that we've got a clearly a good talent pipeline, um, and that's going to continue next year as well. Yeah. The, the other thing to think about with the under-19s this year, though, was, that at the start of the year, uh, well, the last few years, we've always had two under-19s teams this year because of COVID um, and the junior clubs creating an under-18, like, division um, sort of halted that uh, process of kids coming through. So I know at the start of the year they weren't very confident that that the team was a Division One side. Um, and Matt Backhouse said that after the game on, on the Sunday. Uh, but... Yeah, like to go out and prove to prove to everyone that they were, and by making the grand final, it's prop, like props to them, uh, like well deserved. And unfortunately, couldn't get it done on the day, but like yeah, they made made everyone proud by yeah, being getting there. So absolutely, definitely, definitely a lot of names in that side that we'll all get to know a lot better over the next couple of years. Um, the other one, obviously, the the seniors went down to Old Geelong back in the first semi. It's a week and a bit ago now, but um, really, really good game for those that are out there at middle of nowhere in 
where were we Ivanhoe or something I don't know just had to get a plane and a couple of trains to get there but um after the the unfortunate scenario where we should have had a home final at Central and obviously just with the timing of the late season and ground availability had to play it elsewhere um was a really good game though Rob it was a I think it was seven points in the end was it or six points yeah seven points in the end it was yeah it was a good game of footy the um you know they started obviously beat them in round 21 by three points points. I think after after being up um by a fair bit at three quarter time and they came home and and that game was pretty similar to what um this game became where you know it was momentum shifts were pretty big and um you had to make the most of it when you you had the advantage. And in the first quarter, they had they won the toss and kicked with the wind. And we were under the pump early, but we did a really good job of sort of holding holding them up. Um, we were unlucky to lose Tom McKenna um, with broken ribs in the first minute of the game. He, he got a tackle and landed awkwardly. And he had a really specific role on their full forward um, that we'd sort of prepared for. And losing him so early, we sort of threw our back six out a little bit. Um, so Tom Warby went back to full back and did an amazing job on their sort of leading goal kicker. Um, and the first quarter was, yeah, it was a, it was a huge arm wrestle. And at quarter time, they were maybe a goal up or eight points up or something. And we were pretty happy with that. And then the second quarter we came out, uh, I think we had a nine goal quarter to three. Um, they kicked a couple of, they kicked two late goals um, against the momentum, which on half time, which we still went up about four goals up, but it just hurt a little bit. Um, it gave them a little bit of a sniff. And then the third quarter, um, they had the wind and they just dominated the footy out of the middle and, and kicked three really quick goals from the first three centre clearances, which put them in a really um, powerful position. We um, So we went three-quarter time, four goals down. And close enough, but it was going to be... A challenge with the amount of um you know to defend that score with the way that you can drop players back in and things in our in our footy so we kicked three quick ones they then their ruckman took a ball out of the boundary throwing about 40 out snapped it over his shoulder goal um just to give them that little bit of um little bit of a gap um, we kicked another and then i think the last maybe 10 minutes was just a an absolute scrap to try and get the footy free. Um, and then the siren went with, um, yeah, losing by seven points. So we'll definitely, uh, you know, we definitely take a lot out of this year, but it was disappointing the way to end, knowing that we can definitely match it with them. Um, and, you know, if the game went a little bit long, we, we probably could have won. Or if we managed the um, managed different parts of the game a little bit better we we could have found a way to win and, and they went on to um beat hampton in the prelim by a point so old geelong will be in the grand final this week and against a, a very dominant monash team who um you know have only dropped a couple of games this season and, and have been in control the whole time for the last two years really so you think monash would go in favorites but um i suppose it shows that how close we were to to sort of getting getting there ourselves and um you know obviously we would have had to go past hampton as well but yeah we're not far off so we can go into next season with a um, a lot of confidence and and with that talent coming through that depth in the twos we should not we're not that far away from it which is which is pretty exciting yeah like you said rob you were obviously really close and i think um 
it actually probably maybe nearly even came down to a, a bit of bad luck. Like some of those goals that Old Geelong were kicking in that third quarter were like ridiculous. Like they were just like kicking goals out of their backside. Yeah. Like just literally just thing. kicking it up in the air. Yeah. So obviously we thought a fair bit about what we'd done differently in that in that last in that third quarter. Um and it's really hard because if you think about the way they were kicking their goals, you know, if we dropped players back earlier, would have that made much of a difference because that would have given them extra numbers at the stoppage um, and that's where they were dominating already. And it wasn't like they were taking lead-up mark um, and then going back and slotting goals. It was more we were doing a good job to bring the ball to ground, but they'd pick up and snap and goal. So if you have players behind the footy and you've given them guys up the field, those guys get front and centre anyway. Um if you've given them those free. So it's really something we need to reflect on is how do we wrestle back momentum? But yeah, you're right. Some of those goals, we're just thinking, what more can we do? Um, but it's no one's fault. You know, we we all, you know, did our best on the day and tried to find ways to to score. And we did that really well in in patches, but we couldn't we couldn't wrestle back the momentum when they they got on top. And that win was pretty strong, especially if you came out into the middle of the ground it was it was quite um it was carrying quite a bit to that end so yeah i don't know it's one of those things in footy if we'd um if the game went a little bit longer we might have might have been able to find a way to win but not to be just watching from the sideline obviously that game but also um in games throughout the year like when we were racing the good teams like hampton and even monash i thought Maybe in the centre clearance was a bit of a weakness for us um, when we were getting sort of beaten, like we were sort of getting smashed around that centre clearance stoppage. Um, and that I know, you know, they Old Geelong had the wind in that third quarter, but I thought like they did sort of appear to win it out of there a little bit easy uh, at times. Do you think that was potentially one of our letdowns, or do you think that you know what? What do you think about that, and can we improve on that next year? Do you think? Yeah, I think like I think we've I think we've got a really good midfield, and I think we've been really lucky this year. Pete and Fletch have done an amazing job, but a couple of those clubs that you mentioned there, they they've got very very experienced ruckmen that um, understand how to sort of make the most of the momentum that they've got and um, are able to push the ball pretty far to get like players to run onto it, and then it's sort of um, it's really hard when you've got a midfield that's got is able to know exactly where the ball's going and they can get, you know, up speed and push the ball forward. So that happened quite a bit. I think, um, yeah, so it's really hard. How do you how do you sort of level that? But saying that, you know, there was times where we dominated out of the middle as well. So um, maybe just figuring out when they've got the win and they've got the momentum, how do we position ourselves differently? But, you know, I, I can't question our midfield, you know, did a really good job all year. It just yeah. it just a lapse for a few minutes when and you see it in AFL when teams get uh, momentum it's really hard to get it back so yeah I don't know it's something that we're all aware of um, backs you know we probably needed to adjust positions uh, adjust our starting positions a little bit with the conditions um, we probably also needed half half forwards could roll up a little bit and make it a little bit more congested in the in the middle wingmen slightly adjust their positioning you know there's lots of things we could probably have done in the in retrospect but when it happens so quickly in a in a final like literally i think they kick three goals in about three minutes in the first like you don't really have time to reset um and as i said the way and as you mentioned the way that they're kicking their goals was 
you know, over the shoulder, from the boundary, off the ground. Like there wasn't any, it felt, it all happened really quickly. So, but that's exactly the sort of experience we probably want from a finals campaign that um, is going to help us next year. Because, yeah, you need to adjust in game. Um, and we didn't do that well enough in that third quarter. We did it pretty well at other parts of the game. Some guys had some really good matches um, that demonstrated they can play at that level. You know, for those people that were there, it's, it was a pretty high standard um, Prem C match. So, you know, it, it's, it bodes well for the next few years, I reckon. It was, it yeah. was great to see on that point. You know, some of the young guys really stood up. Jack Casper's last quarter, taking big marks, kicking big goals. Um, yeah. Some he... of the, the run from some of the young guys through the midfield. You know, like when they, it, it's, you can be, um, particularly for sort of the running, carrying type player, you can be, it's one thing to sort of dominate in round eight out in the spaces and kind of when you're on top of a team, different thing to sort of have the confidence to take the game on and, and you know, use the ball well, make good decisions in, in a final you know, high pressure type environment. And yeah, it was great to see a lot of the young group as well still doing that, playing their game. Yeah, they all contributed too. Level. Like, we had, as we said, we had three under 19s in that team. And I can probably mention this now. Jack Jack went into the game really sore. He had a um, sort of an adductor issue and he he was touching go on Thursday night whether or not he was right to play. And then he, he comes out and kicks four, um, including a couple of really important goals in that last quarter. Jordy McDonald, who was really sick earlier in the season, um, you know, pretty much didn't play in the first half of the year. He um, he kicked a really important goal um, and his pressure work was really good. And then you've got Andrew Kovac, who um, played almost the whole season in the halfback flank, really poised um, under pressure. So, you know, it's invaluable for those guys. And it's a big, you know, it's a pretty good effort to be doing that in, um, you know, your first year in senior footy. So that's exciting. And then you've got guys like Matty Fewings who took his game to a whole new level this year and, you know, should win the BNF. Um, and he's only 22. You know, you think he's been around a while, but he's he's pretty young footballer. Um, and he he's had a great year. So is Jack Sullivan. Um, Sammy Michael came back from injury late to show that, you know, what he can do. And then you've got guys that came throughout the season that um, played important roles. You know, we got to see... Source later in the year, we got to see Chris Campbell, Liam Riley came back from a serious injury, Jacob Murdoch, um, you know, Tom Warby showed in the final, you know, that he he can still dominate this level. So, you know, it's pretty exciting that um, it's disappointing, but at the end of the day, it probably will um, galvanise the group a little bit and make sure that next year we come back in better shape. A lot of upside. So the you mentioned the best and fairest. We've obviously we've done the counts for most of the teams. I think till about round sixteen. Given how long this yeah, season is, till about round forty in the in the resis and, and seniors. But um, uh, we obviously got presentation night where we, we'll, we'll find out the results of that and the rest of the teams on the twenty first of October. I think that's right, Jake. You've been you've been keeping very close to this. Obviously, you've got a bit of a sense that you're going to win something. I assume. So you want to take us through presentation night? Um, yeah, so presentation night this year, 21st of October at the uh, Frank Azuri Club. Hopefully I pronounced that right. Frankie will probably give me a clip behind the ears this week saying you didn't get the pronunciation. but um, You didn't you do know, the fingers uh, as well as yeah. you like. Frank so, Azuri. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the, the presentation night's going to be there. Um, I think it's going to be – it's actually going to be a massive one. So that – 
I think I don't know how much the tickets are going to be, but it includes food and drink. So Ooh. I'm sure it's going to be quite a boisterous night. Um, we have hosted an event there last year, our season launch, and it was quite a success. So um, yeah, it'd be great to see everyone there. And I think if like a lot of the tables are already sort of filling up and um, plenty, plenty to celebrate too. Yeah, exactly. A lot of, lot of finals this year for every team, pretty much. Um, and then hopefully, you know, get that one more grand final win. Oh, here we go. So Lockie's helped me out here. So we've got tickets are $110, but yeah, three course meal, beer, wine, soft drink, all inclusive. So you can actually buy those tickets if you haven't yet off uh, mazinotfc.com.au forward slash shop. So Ooh. add that to you, add that to your cart. Um, I'm sure they do Steve a very good... Very good dinner there as well. I think we have the season launch there, or whatever it was, a, a little while ago. The the food is of a very very high quality, so you, you're getting a steal for 110, especially with your drinks included. Oh, of course, if you if you have a few beers, I think, I think most people will go through about 110 dollars worth of drinks. So just just that alone is uh, enough to get people down. And I think our yeah. good man. Um, Dipper, I'm pretty sure Dipper works there. Um, yeah, Dipper. So yeah, he he, one of our former under nineteen captains back in about two thousand and eight or nine, or, or maybe no, two thousand nine, ten. He um, he still he runs the show there, so it's always good to see him. Um, great as an odd man. Um, has the unfortunate um, reputation of being dropped by Ben Fibs in a practice game. So uh, <laughs> intra club. Uh, back in about 2013, I reckon. So, Dipper was tailing Fibsy up that day too, wasn't he? And from memory, yeah, well, Fibsy appreciate getting tagged in an intra club, so um, it dropped him. It's good. I like <laughs> it. Um, well, it should be should be a fantastic night. Looking forward to certainly un- unfailing our flag, if that's what happens. I'm not exactly sure how that works, but it'll be, it'll be it'll be a great celebration of what has been an absolutely fantastic year. I mean, there's. Obviously, we hope to finish it off in the right way tomorrow, but either way, having nine teams make finals across the season, particularly coming out of COVID, the strength and the health of the club across the board, celebrating a lot of the other stuff that we're doing. Obviously, had some really good stuff in the health and well-being space this year with the um, with the committee setting up. It's, you know, some really good social functions. It should be a, a fantastic um, exclamation point to what's been a really, really good year. Uh, now, before we kind of... Wish Lockie all the best tomorrow. Um, whispers. There's um, any any now, L- L- Lockie. We've we've kind of we've we've held back here because I'm sure you've got some responses to some of the slander that's been thrown your way as a housemate to a bunch of guests over the year. This is your platform. Um, would you would you like to kick us off with any whispers? Uh... Oh, do me to start. Yeah, you, you start. I, I haven't really thought of, thought of one or two, so yeah, start us off, Jake, and I'll, I'll think of one while, while Jake's going. All right, so we know grand final week, um, we sort of, if you're playing in the grand final, you want to sort of reduce the extracurricular activities, um, especially at, at night time, you know, no late night stuff in the uh, uh, basketball court, sorry, like 10.40 games. Um, so... <laughs> Um, yeah, we had a bit of a scare. Um, apparently, one of the players in the resis last night thought 
he might have done a hamstring, but it was just cramp. So um, don't want to say any names, but that was good. But you think he might have learned off his brother from a few years ago, um, and but you know had, didn't. So um, so that was good. Good good signs that no injuries occurred before you know the game tomorrow. Um, and it's, then, it's a courageous move to play midweek basketball two days out from a grand final. I oh, exactly. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, those ten forty games they can be real pesky, and you don't want to you don't want to be doing any <clears throat> injuries in those late games. Um, and then um, one of the other Rezies players, he um, said that I, I, this one's going to be pretty obvious because like this sort of shortens it down um, to only a few guys who who could be. But um, he said that he was going to have to put some sunscreen on this morning while he hung out his washing because it was such a nice day um, outside already. So I think, you know, maybe he might have red hair. I don't know. And he might go for swans. I don't know. So we'll just leave it at that. But, um, yeah, it's good to see. Might be a former Nodco host. Potentially. For those people that are either a Geelong or a um, Swan supporter, is it possible to go to the game if you're – How's the celebrations work after you guys win the premiership? Or yeah, Dees has already said to us that if uh, if we win Friday, he's got to be nice and tame, um, so he can go to the NFL Grand Final. Because he was saying Paul Paul's expecting him in at Richmond at I think it was nine thirty or ten o'clock. So we, we were telling him just roll straight in, but no, he's uh, committed to his Swans, so he said he'll have an early night. Is there anyone else we know that's going to the game? Uh, I'd say there's probably a few boys, but I know uh, Tom. Tom's looking for tickets to uh, go watch his Mighty Cats play. So if anyone's got any tickets, let Tom know. Cool. But, but Tom so does go. He might go. For, he could, does he go for Richmond <laughs> or Cats? I can't remember. Uh, definitely the Cats. He sw- he swapped though. He just made sure he swapped before Richmond won all those flags. He he went through all the pain and then swapped to Cats. So is he really a Cats supporter, man? I, I feel a um, another Star Wars um, subplot coming with um, <laughs> Tom's allegiances being tested. And there there were uh, there were rumors before the uh, M Factor that there might be a live rendition of Episode Two. So. <laughs> Uh, maybe next year, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll have to wait and see. It took it took twenty five years or something between the first Star Wars movies and the next franchise. So don't feel like you have to rush. Just get it right. Just yeah, yeah. Um, just oh, practicing every day. So <laughs> speaking speaking of practicing every day, actually, sorry, I've got a I've got a whisper for us. But before I do, how's your your gaming? Streaming career going, lucky. Yeah, look, I don't stream. Um, uh, yeah, like just play with all the boys, just for a bit of fun. So uh, maybe one day, but yeah, Jake, Jake was wrong in that sense. Lucky, don't be so <laughs> modest, mate. He played seven hours of the new NBA game yesterday. Seven hours straight. Can you believe that? I hope he got up and stretched the back and the hamstring. That's a long time to be sitting down two days out from a granny. I know it's ridiculous. Yeah. But um, no, Lockie tries to. I think we already said this before, but he tries to uh, sort of swing off the coattails of Richmond player Jack Ross in the gaming world because he streams, <laughs> and then Lockie's just like, "Oh, yep, I'm jumping on that one." 
Rumours, rumours, so I'll let it live. <laughs> well, well, I'm sure you're, the amount of followers, is that what it's called on on Twitch? Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm sure your, your follower count will, will go through the roof now that you've, you've been on the Nodcast. Um, I, I've got a whisper for you, which... Um, so I, I don't often get a lot of mail out of the, the clubbies whites. They're, they're usually a pretty tight-knit bunch, but I have heard a rumour... And it's absolutely confirmed because it came directly from the person themselves. Mitch Selleck has written a best and fairest acceptance speech already. And we have not done the vote count yet either. So we've got no no one's got any idea about any other codes, but Mitch Selleck apparently has declared it done, written a speech. So next Saturday we'll we'll be doing the the vote count up to round 15 or whatever it is for those sides. Um, I think Mitch thinks he's got one then. If not, if it's still a little bit tight, he'll obviously have to save for presentation night. So Mitch is, Mitch is pretty known. He's known for some of his uh, colourful posts on Facebook over the years. So be interested to see what he does when he gets that platform. Mm, yes. Yeah, it should be it should be entertaining, definitely. Rob, you got anything for us? Oh, I just a little bit of um, an update on one of our favourites. Gus Paddy um, hasn't been hasn't been cited since he went over to uh, the south southern Italy. So he no one can no one can reach him. Um, I know Mario has been trying to contact him about how the the tax works at um, <laughs> Oste- uh, the Narry North Osteo. So yeah, he's gone completely AWOL. No one has been able to track him down. Um, rumor has it that maybe maybe he's. Um, He's met someone over there, but and he, he 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 might come back. If anyone's watched The Godfather, then there's a there's a precedent for that. But um, we'll wait and see. But yeah, trying to track him down. So if anyone knows anything about Gus, that'd be great to pass it. On. His family's wondering. He's got form in this area as well, doesn't he? Because I'm pretty sure he was over in Ireland that he he met a previous partner. He did. He did that, so... that 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 sort of um that started a series of events that led to um. Uh, fake tan foot gate uh, that we had to deal with. We spoke a bit about last year. So yeah, the, anything could happen at this point. Gus, Gus is a romantic, and he's gone to learn the the romantic language over there. So we'll see what happens. I remember seeing a few years ago that um, like it keeps sort of popping up on my Facebook. The Lad Bible. Um, they were saying that apparently you can buy a house over there for the, for one euro. In Italy at the moment because they're trying to like get people to re- <laughs> redo the houses over there because there's a few crumbling down. Do you reckon he could have been swayed by the one euro house buy scheme? I could think Gus living in a little, you know, a little Sicilian village, becoming like a stone cobbler or something, um, <laughs> and just whittling his way, his years away over there. You know, I definitely could see that. I, I would not be surprised at all. Um, he's a craftsman with his with his hands, as you already know. If you've anyone that's been to Narry North Osteo, so I'm sure he could um, adapt to a different sort of art form over there. He's, in a, he's definitely in a Renaissance man, so it suits him. Oh, very good. Well, I look forward to you know next season, sort of round four or five, heading down to Narry North Osteo for first work of the year and there's the big Italian flag hanging out the front. There's like the statue of David in the front window. There's just, just going to real, they've added a couple of vowels to the end of Nari Northa Ostioa kind of uh, set up just to really uh, Italianize the whole thing. That'd be good. All right. Lockie, we've yep. g- gave you thinking music. 
Yeah, bring us up. Go on, I've uh, I put the message out to a few boys, and uh, they've they've come back to me calling with uh, a few few rumors, but I'll I'll just give give the uh, give the main one. Um, so one of the boys that plays in the th- played in the threes premiership this year uh, apparently didn't realize that you had to wash his sheets that you sleep in each night. So he. <laughs> Slept in the same same sheets for I think it was four and a half months before he washed them since oh. he moved out. Well, I could be, I could be, there's a lot so of there are, there are a few things growing in there, but a few Macca's <laughs> chips from a couple of months ago and stuff. But uh, I never saw it, never saw it firsthand. I wasn't in the house, so uh, I'd love to know who it was. That's very impressive. Um, Did I also get named in the team of the year as a as a younger player? Yeah, what was it? I think it was 2016. I think it was me, me and him were both named in that team of the year. So, well, okay. All right, that, that's to, why narrow to, it down a little Just bit. to defend this unnamed person, though, I feel like sometimes you've got priorities. And if your priority is goal kicking coaching for a women's football team, maybe you don't have time to wash your sheets. Yeah, I, th- I think he, he just didn't realize that his mum would come home every night and like, Every now and then, and realize that his bedroom's a mess, clean it up for him and wash his sheets, and then put them back on nicely for him before he got home from work. So, uh, I think he uh, just uh, didn't realize he had to wash them. So, no, good yeah. stuff, love it. Well, um, in, on that note, it's a beautiful washing day. If anyone out there is listening and maybe needs to get the sheets, uh, they're a beautiful day to dry it as, as we chatted about earlier. So um, thanks, Lockie, for joining us on the, the Nodcast. It's a pleasure to have you. And, and Jake, hopefully now you've exhausted every family, uh, every household member, we can look a little further afield for our future <laughs> guests. Um, good luck tomorrow, Lockie, and, and all of the resis. Uh, hopefully it'll be a cracking day out at Trevor Barker. So looking forward to that. And uh, Jake and Rob, thanks as always. Cheers, Steve. Good luck. Go get them. Go Nods.